What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Ba, 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 ba. Your thrice weekly podcast where we talk about the hottest news with a touch of what, Terrence? Good old humor. Good old humor, yeah. man. Um, where we can find it. Uh. Yeah, where we can find it. Uh. Been one yeah. wet weekend. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we woke up to the Very news good. of this bungalow along Dunnan that had one of his walls just collapse on the road. Because Some of suspected billionaire, flood. Uh. Billionaire walls. Uh. Yeah. Billionaire yeah. Walls the, the 1% wall. Uh. The 1% wall. Yeah. But how was your weekend otherwise, man? Okay, I uh, rained out. Rained out the whole weekend. Pretty much. But uh, in a good rough, way or uh, not a good way? Uh no, it's never good lah when you have uh when you have kids, you know. Mm. Rain is always a tricky, tricky thing. How about your wedding? This we do the weekly wedding. The weekly wedding, the wedding check-in. Got three weekends yeah. left, man. Three weekends left. And how's the how's your scale one to ten? How much are you enjoying it right now? <laughs> I would say on average maybe four. <laughs> Four. So it's dropped. Uh, the last it's time dropped, was like six dropped. or seven, right? It's dropped. It's dropped. It's dropped. Yeah, it's dropped. This, and this uh, in a in a TLDR, give a TLDR of what's the main problem or problems. Uh, logistical and familial. Logistical and familial. <laughs> it's familial. Sometimes that overlaps, uh, right? Sometimes that overlaps. Yeah, yeah, familial word. But sometimes that overlaps as well, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, correct, correct, correct. But like a lot of spanners mm. in the works all just coming now. Uh. Um, yeah. And... Yeah, so now I just got to chop off those task lists. The weekends are just, I, I don't know where the days go anymore. Uh, yeah. Because also, I mean, we are planning to to have podcasts come out uh, while we are, like, uh, while I'll be with my wedding and we're traveling a bit for in December. So don't worry. We are planning that yep. um, and pre-recording some stuff. So yeah, you'll be able mm. to hear us still in December. Yeah, that's right. Uh, just as well to to plug the podcast right mm, I think mm. um, we've been back at it for like at least a month already mm. uh, and and uh, just a reminder that if if uh, if this podcast is important to you or has touched you in any way please let somebody one person know about it uh. yeah and it might may help make their wedding preparations go from a 4 to maybe a 6 or 7 because <laughs> they know <laughs> they're struggling alongside Alongside Harish as well. Exactly. To all the people who have yeah. December weddings coming up, I'm sure they are. Don't worry, man. We got this. Okay? We got this. Yeah. Um, everything that we may have believed before about wedding planning, just throw it out the window. Throw it out the window. And we can... Everything you believe about love, like, I think, in general. Uh, <laughs> just know that love comes with a whole set of logistical issues every, as well. Everything about life, like, let's just say life. Everything about life that you thought, mm, uh, just mm. throw it out, man. Throw it out and, and yeah. just uh, turn over a new leaf. Yes. Yeah, turn over exactly. a new leaf, a wedding leaf. But uh, yeah, I mean that's quite in line with what we're talking about about <laughs> yeah, right. expectations of life and how they can be completely upended in just just one just one week, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And and the first topic is something that we thought about talking uh before, but mm. but I mean like uh, I guess there are certain reasons why maybe it changed uh, over these past few days, but it is about the topic of the three letters that you have probably heard float around in the news recently, and that is. FTX. Mm. FTX. Yes. Um, so uh, for yeah. the uninitiated, uh, maybe you want to give more of an intro about what, what FTX and the whole saga is about. Yes. So, so I mean, 
Yeah. FTX is a crypto exchange, um, cryptocurrency exchange, where basically people can buy cryptocurrencies, trade cryptocurrencies, store their crypto uh, assets uh, on. La. Um, and they are fucking huge. La. Like, uh, they are like a unicorn, maybe even a decacorn. They've raised a shit ton of money. They were, it was founded by this one crypto protege called Sam Bankman Freed. And it was doing, it only started in 2019. And by 2022, it was the second biggest crypto exchange in the world. So it's huge. Uh. It's huge. Mm. Um, but over the span of like one week, uh, since October, uh, I mean, yeah, towards the end of October, or early November. Yeah. 7th November was the first shit hitting the fan. Uh. Since then, it mm. has gone from, value has gone to zero. And it's just filed for bankruptcy in the US. Yes. And the ripples uh, and shockwaves are huge because not only for a company liquidating and all its assets get, get it, assets getting scro- uh, like frozen or liquidated, there's shit down of people who are impacted. Hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. And and I mean, it, it like just setting that context. I mean, it happened last week. What changed for you to want to talk about it today? Uh, Maybe I'm less of a I'm less into the whole crypto thing than you are. Mm. So initially, when I saw this, I was like, "Oh shit!" There's just so much to unpack from this whole thing. It sounds all of it sounds really like you have to be very closely following the crypto space to really, uh, you know, really give give a hoot about it, Like I didn't know what FTX was before all this, mm, mm. I had no clue at all. Uh, I think I think you you know much more about it. So I was like, okay, I mean. Maybe it's interesting for those who know about it, but not so interesting for those who don't. But I think the last few days is more news has unfolded. Uh, we realized that Singapore, a very big institution in Singapore, is also implicated in the whole thing, right? Mm. And uh, everyone's still trying to uncover or unpack how much exposure this institution has to FTX. And in case you didn't already guess, that huge institution is Tomasic Holdings. Yes, Tomasic. Um, so apparently, Tomasic Holdings was a, in fact, it led the last round of, of investment, right? In FTX, yeah. if I'm not yeah. wrong. Uh, leading meaning that they probably put the, put the biggest chunk and convinced other investors to put money in as well. Other institutional investors to put in money. Do you know how much uh, Tomasic put into FTX? Apparently, it's US 205 million. Apparently. Um, mm. As wow. investigated by Forbes. La. So, I yeah. don't know. I yeah. mean... Forbes, it also appeared on Online Citizen Asia. So, so I, I don't think it's public, but basically a shit ton of money. La. A shit ton of money. Mm-hmm. And this is uh, also interesting because Singapore has actually banned uh, its, its direct competitor, la, right? FTX's by direct competitor, Binance, mm, right? Mm-hmm. We've banned Binance Exchange from Singapore. Yeah. Um, so now the FTX has collapsed as well. It kind of seems like the the exchange that um you know the that that Singapore was a bit more friendly towards seems to seems to have uh you know shit seems to have hit the fan uh. yeah yeah so and Binance is a player in this whole thing as well right yeah so okay so yeah so just now we went over the facts uh why I hmm. first caught wind of it um last week was because uh I mean it's one of my one of the podcasts I listened to I follow him on Twitter his name is Shan Puri the, the host uh, and he just, he has mm. a very good job of distilling like tech, uh, like very technical news into something a little more understandable. He runs a newsletter called The Milk Road, which talks about crypto. He's the founder of Hustle. So, mm. so yeah, basically his podcast, he's a cool guy, funny guy. So he just tweeted something about how 
the CEO of Binance um, did a yeah. God-level business move. Then I was like, oh, the CEO mm. of Binance, he's quite a character. Uh, his name is Chang Peng Cao. He has 7.5 million mm. followers on Twitter. And he's quite a, like a maverick la, almost. Um, so mm. what happened, right, was essentially when uh, FTX was started in 2019, uh, they received, I think over the course of the next few months or maybe a year, uh, like 20% of their stake was bought by Binance. Um, mm. And the way this company, FTX, stored a lot of its assets was in its own token. La. You know, you've heard people mm. create their own tokens, right? And the beauty of yeah. crypto is anyone can create a token and if that token takes on value, you have something valuable that's transferable. La. So they mm. had like 5 billion uh, of FTT, which is their token. Uh, and 20% mm -hmm. of that is owned by this Binance CEO. La. So, mm, mm. on 7 November, apparently Binance caught wind that FTX was like spreading rumors of uh, Binance and their accounts and shit like that. So, all this guy did, right? Mm, mm, mm. He went on Twitter and said, okay, we have, we have, we have found out there's some rumors floating. Um, I think we're just going to sell all our FTT. So, basically, mm, mm. you have this big-ass player, a very influential person, saying he's going to sell all his tokens that is propping up FTX. So, you know, when you mm. see like a fucking like smart, you know, very uh, influential guy sell, chances are there'll be a lot of people who sell also. So that absolutely mm. devalued FTT to the point that FTX became devalued and then it just became like a fucking snow, snowball and it just blew up the entire space. Like. So... So that's why, that's, that's what started, you know. And then a few days later, Binance said they are going to acquire FTX and then mm. with all the due diligence and then after one day, they said, no, this is too messed up. We're not going to acquire it. Mm. And now FTX mm. is in the shit and Sam, Sam Bankman fried who's known as SBF, he's quite a legend in the space also. La. He's just a mm. paria now. La. Why is he a legend in the space? I mean, yeah, a lot of this you're saying is... Uh... I think people who know sort of yeah. in, a little bit of the ins and outs, it, it makes a lot of sense. But, you know, even for me, like, when I was first reading about this, it was just all going over my head. Like, like, what, what is, who is this Sam Bankman free? And why is he, why is he seen as such a, like, what you say, a legend in the space? Uh? Yeah, so I'm not saying I see him as a legend, yeah. But he is seen as a legend because he's fucking young. Um, he's only mm -hmm. 34 right now. So when he started this, yeah. he was like a 30-year-old self-made billionaire, right? And he has all mm -hmm. these quirks, la, you know, like he's got frizzy hair. He apparently takes investor calls while playing League of Legends. And that became a thing, no? Mm. Like apparently mm. the BBC mm. uh, had this one article written by one of the big VCs where some investor was saying, you know, this guy, he's just a maverick, you know, like uh, he was playing League of Legends on a call with us. And even then we invested $215 million into him. So it's, you know, mm, kind of quirky, mm. like he's a prodigy, a, a, like a bit eccentric. Yeah. So he was that kind of character. So I had mm, heard mm. of him before because I think he appeared on time. He was like the the next, you know, like when Zuckerberg was coming up, he was his young yep, protege yep, yep. in social network, which was like, wow, Web 2 and all that. This SBF was along those lines, like. Um, mm, mm. so now the repercussions is that it just makes everything that people have been warning about crypto uh, real that is just yeah, so uh, yeah. The, the whole thing uh, 
I mean, there, there, there's a lot to to unpack if you really want to go into like mm. the FTX and all that, all right? But I, I just uh, very the, the the one thing that really fascinates me about this whole thing is the personality of this SBF Sam Bankman Free, like like because it, 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 it appears that there was a lot of um, I don't know whether there's any criminal activity or or what. But apparently, a lot he was uh, using a lot of the funds from his crypto exchange to you know fund a lot of other things uh, like like you know risky investments by his his crypto hedge fund and everything. So so there maybe have been some kind of misappropriation of funds mm. or something. But at the same time, because crypto is so unregulated, you know, is there really uh, can anything be done, like, Right? Yeah. But but just in general, like I'm just very um, trying to understand this personality of Sam Bankman Free, like, because. A lot of people are bringing out comparisons to, you know, uh, Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos mm. and, and the very well-known story of, of of how, you know, a CEO with a huge personality can convince the biggest institutional investors, convince everyone that, you know, that they're doing something amazing with their product. But in the end, it all turns out to be hogwash and and, and, and just vapor, right? Yeah. Vaporware. So when when you were first hearing about Sam Bankman-Free or that, what was... On the ground, what was your thoughts about him? So, I mean, yeah, I heard of him maybe like two years ago. I mean, I've always tried to just keep mm. tabs of the space. I'm not like some big time investor or like, boss oh, got this startup thing on the side of crypto. I just find it very interesting yeah. and fascinating. But from the outside, right, it looks like this guy is really like the next Zuckerberg. Mm, mm, yeah, mm. like on the cast. But of, as in his... His what? But I mean, other than other than making a lot of money of his crypto, does, has he done anything else that like, has really like you know uh, amazed uh, people like a product or something that has amazed people. Uh, or I mean, I wouldn't. Or something. I, I mean, cause yeah, I mean, primarily I know him for being you know making it very a lot of money like, through FTX. Yeah. But what else has he done I mean, that, that that you know? I mean, his claim to fame people? was that when he was at MIT, which was like uh, now mm. he's thirty four. I don't know, like ten years ago when Bitcoin was just coming up, right? He started just mm. dabbling in it. And noticing that, oh, you can buy Bitcoin. Because back then, there was no like global exchange, right? You can buy Bitcoin mm. in countries or, or places that have maybe maybe like cheaper and then sell it for higher in other markets. So basically arbitrage, right? Mm. So okay. he then got together with a group of friends. Apparently, in like a few months, they were making a million a day. Um, and okay. then they started the Almeida research. And then slowly... It's like one of the things, you know, like Bitcoin or, had, like, or crypto had always been this underground thing, right? So you get these, mm, mm. these people that rise to the top. It's like, oh shit, he's building this shit. Blah, blah. That, that's, that's how I think he came to prominence. Lah. And then in 2019, mm. when he started FTX, he was already a well-known person in the space. Mm, uh, as someone mm. who was making a shit ton of money, fucking smart, um, and like just, just doing cool shit and living the dream. Lah. And then... He also was a big proponent mm. of the effective altruism or something, which is where you mm. make as much mm. money as possible mm. with the goal of giving it all away to make the world a better place. Mm. So not only was mm. he known yeah. as the king of crypto, he was the crypto white knight. Yeah. So yeah, isn't a lot of it, isn't it just it's premised on him just having made a lot of money yep. <laughs> from being an early adopter of Bitcoin, right? But I, so no. yeah, I mean, that's, that's the whole thing. Like, I, I, I struggle. Like, when we the comparisons to Zuckerberg or even Elizabeth Holmes come up, I'm like, I, I can understand the product that they are 
that they're building, you know. Mm. Uh, maybe I don't understand the business model or how to make it work financially and all that, lah, right? Mm. But you can sort of see where the product they, they built has the potential to to really, you know, uh, change lives and make, make, make a lot of people's lives better around the world lah, in, 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 the ideal, in the ideal world. But with this segment free, I'm like, even as we're talking through this and I'm like watching videos of him talking about what you said, the effective altruism, it's like, wow, um, like what exactly is he doing to, you know, to make the world better or to, to make more money and everything? That's still a very huge question mark. Even for me, after doing a just reading a few articles about him and all that, I think it's one of those things that you know, you and I both had a, like a conversation with uh, a group of friends who are all not from Singapore, right? Uh, a couple of them mm. were from mm. like South America or Central America, and they said that yep. over there, crypto is 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 super useful, uh, because where their mm. economic climate or their own currencies are fluctuating so much, crypto is a quite a a more stable is very stable. a stable way of transferring <laughs> money, right? So, oh so from my, my layman take on the value that um these this FTX you know bring, yeah, it's it's very financially driven, but it's also in some way an anchor that provides some legitimacy, like, I think, like, I I think, um, in the sense that if you have mm. value or if you have crypto, you can trade it for something else, like. Um, so mm. it's not like yeah, not mm. like Facebook where it's connecting i mean somebody's connecting or, or theranos which was meant for for what uh blood is it blood heart uh yeah you'll be able to test a lot test uh for a lot more diseases and, mm. and in a much smaller amount of blood uh, yeah taken from each patient and then there's also yeah. the bank the the we work guy right yeah we work you know yeah. connect changing the way people work I, I think yeah. i think this one right like just from from what I used to see on the outside on Twitter, it was really like that kind of celebrity status, lah. You know, mm. it's like wow, this guy is smart, and apparently all his teammates. So now all the fucking weird things are coming up. Like his company is incorporated in Bahamas, right? Yeah, um, the yeah. ten people on his management team all live together, and the CEO, mm. uh, who was his twenty eight year old girl at the time, uh, a few years ago. But there's one interview where she just says some stuff where even I as a layman financial person, I'm like, how the fuck does that make sense? Like, oh, they don't believe in stop-loss measures because it can mm. limit the upside to whatever shit. Like. Then uh, apparently all 10 of them were romantically linked in some way and they all used to live uh. together. So now you see a lot of memes saying, wait, 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 wait. They're like Tomasic or all these <laughs> investors invested like almost billions of dollars into this company that was run by... 10, like, 10 people who used to have orgies with our money or some, some shit like that. Mm, so I, sounds about right. Yeah, I think it's that, you know, young tech person uh, building yeah. something that, and I mean, they have a lot of like a visibility also. Like, they sponsor sports teams and, and all this shit. So it's just like, yeah, a group of very young people who are super successful who are filling a mm. gap and killing it. And yeah, I think he it. even bought a Super Bowl ad, right? He bought yeah, a Super yeah, Bowl yeah, ad. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, so it's, yeah, it's just uh, using a lot of the money to buy legitimacy, and it, it just just in retrospect, you know, in hindsight, it just makes everyone who probably believed in him feel uh kind of duped, uh, right? Feel kind of like uh you've been you've had a wool pull over, uh, pulled over your eyes, but uh, but in general, like um, when you think about someone like Tomasic as well, getting getting into this, you would think Tomasic has really they've hired really smart analysts, they have smart investors on the team and, 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 and you know, they, they know what they're getting into. Like, but even they fell for the whole thing. Mm. Like, um, but doesn't, doesn't that make you feel kind of 
you know, worry about the entire crypto ecosystem that, that you know, even the, the, even the most well-paid, highly regarded institutional investors uh, of, you know, Sovereign Wealth Fund of Singapore, you know, Singapore, a place that's known for, for having very, you know, uh, very stringent measures. And even, even just in terms of like being a financial hub and just having the most uh, very, very strong oversight, right? Mm. Even they they couldn't get past this. Uh, even they got duped by by FTX, la. Doesn't it make you kind of like just wonder if everything in the crypto ecosystem has the potential to be the next FTX as well? Yeah, I mean, like I I do have a genuine interest in the crypto space just to see okay what the potential is, and I won't deny that. Looking at this, I'm like, oh fuck. Uh, I don't know a lot of things, and I am dabbling yeah. here and there. Then I'm like, oh shit, like. Here's this almost like behemoth who, which like is almost yeah. unsinkable. Uh, and then just in one week, boom, it's gone. And yeah. I mean, and everything's yeah. uncovered there. So much of it was just nonsense, uh, right? It was just Ponzi scheme and everything. Yeah. Right? And then, and, and in the, from the Bahamas and, you know, the of all places, yeah, the, the, the police of the Bahamas have raided the office and all. How the hell are you going to get any information out there? I think we, we have our own experience with. Uh, ours wasn't Bahamas, like, right? Ours was uh, Mauritius. I was in Mauritius, <laughs> and there's a liquidation of a company going on in Mauritius, of which we are owed a large amount of money. And it's just been—I mean, since the start of COVID, it was—it's been near impossible to get like clear information about what is going on there with the liquidation. Actually, yeah. Uh. So it's yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> this company operating out of Bahamas, and now it's filed for bankruptcy, and so many shenanigans are going on. Isn't it's like I I. I feel like uh, it was is what we went through, but to the nth level, uh, right? Yeah. Like multiplied by by millions. Uh. Because what we went through, just to give context, I mean, if you've been listening for a while, you would be aware, but we did make a TV show that came out in 2020, which we're fucking proud of, uh, about a guy who falls in mm. love with a terrorist. But two months after it came out, and two weeks before Circuit Breaker, the company we made it for liquidated and really screwed us over. And they continue to screw us mm. over, but it's not them, it's the liquidators. Mm. So, Maybe if you aren't familiar with liquidate, liquidation, which I wasn't up to that point, was what happens when a company liquidates, all its assets are put in the hands of liquidators who are lawyers. La. And they go through how much this mm, company mm. owes, how much this company has, and then they decide uh, how much to pay anyone who has, uh, is owed money by this company. La, and there's a ranking. Yeah. Unfortunately for us, yeah. we are like super low on the totem pole. But even like what Terence said, getting info, we have to liaise with the liquidators who technically don't owe us shit, right? Yeah. But yeah. but the difference is for that, it was still businesses that were owed. The thing about FTX, right? The dark side is you have millions of people around the world who invested money mm. and now they can't withdraw mm. it. Mm. They mm. cannot yeah, that's withdraw right. it. Imagine if like a bank that you have money in, you just can't withdraw it in one week. Mm. Mm. And yeah, like like any bankruptcy or liquidation filing, it's gonna take years to resolve if anything. Like if even if you even if you get like a cent on every dollar, uh, that means you uh, get back one cent for every dollar you're owed or something. Yeah. Uh it's gonna take years for you to to actually have this issue resolved. Uh, so you can essentially say goodbye to the amount of money you're and know? Like even if you didn't have money with FTX, the whole crypto market has tanked. If you Google Bitcoin price, mm-hmm. you will just see it take a shit over the past week and I mean yeah. I, I use another exchange right uh, mm, um, mm. and it just makes me think oh shit like c- can I imagine in one week if whatever I have in that 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 exchange which 
I mean, I had, I, I don't have that that much, but it still would be like, oh, yeah. fuck, like, you, you just cannot fathom it. And the scary thing is we're seeing it happen mm-hmm. more and more often, not just in crypto. I mean, all these big companies recently, like, uh, yeah, it's just so volatile. It's like everything that was going well in COVID for tech companies, right? Now it's mm. just shit. Wait, but you're comparing, you're saying what, what industries are you talking about? For what? Specifically. You said other, not just crypto, but other industries as well. Uh, I mean, if you look at like uh, Twitter, which is a different case, that was more like, okay, mm. at the very high level. But essentially, mm. is one person who had such a big ripple effect. La. And now, uh, like thousands of people have lost their jobs, right? Okay, so you're just comparing the scale of yeah. what's happening, la, right? But, but I mean, but, but crypto, I, I do crypto feel is different, crypto la. is a different case because there is potentially fraud oh, in yeah, this what yeah. we're talking about here. Yeah. Plus, but plus the fact is super unregulated. La. There's no labor laws. There's nothing that really protects anyone uh, in this situation. So it's it's essentially like you just gave your money to, to someone who disappeared, la, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, the the, the that's the thing I'm trying to understand. Like, how, not say understand, but, but is, there, is there a bit of schadenfreude in this whole thing? Possibly, but how bad should we feel for all the people uh, or institutional investors who have put in a lot of money into, into FTX and lost it? How bad do you feel for them? I mean, I mean, Tomasic, yeah, yeah it lost, okay, maybe it lost this, but, but given Tomasic's, uh, you know, portfolio and everything, it's, 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 that's part of the risk that they take, like, mm. right? That they will lose a lot more money than they, they put in. So, so I understand that. But there, like you said, there's a lot of individual investors who thought maybe it's a good idea to to try this to, to you know, I, maybe some uh, quick way to get rich or something like that. How, how bad should we feel for them as 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 people who are not so exposed to it? Like? I mean, I don't feel bad for the institutional investors. Um, okay. But for the retail investors, I do feel bad because... Uh, even if you do your due diligence, uh, which mm. I mean, like when I when I open up an account with another exchange, I try to do my due diligence and I try to understand as much as I could. Mm. Um, I think the same would have been for FTX. Uh, but this is just out of like the blue and like, you're never no- going to know from the outside what kind of shit happens on inside, right? And like what you said, mm. like, there's no regulation. Mm. So I don't know, there's no... There's no MAS stamp of approval or some shit. But the fact that it could yeah. operate in Singapore, unlike Binance, you would also think, like, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. But what about you? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, to, to some extent now, this, the, 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 I used to think that, okay, there's so many institutions that are looking to put money in crypto. Now. There has to be something that, some due diligence that they're doing that we're not, you know, as a retail investor or just a layperson, you're not seeing that, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, whether it's the the promise of what what Web3 or crypto brings. But just the lack of uh, any kind of oversight and the fact that money can just disappear overnight. And then I think, was there, has there been news that now money, like, I think the FTX itself has been hacked mm. after its bankruptcy mm. filing mm. and it's lost a whole bunch of money and there are all these rumors swirling around like whether SBF or Sam Brangman free himself was involved in this hack and and where is he now? No one no one's everyone's trying to figure out where he is now. Is he in the Bahamas? Is he somewhere else hiding in Argentina and all these kind of crazy stories coming out? It just sounds like wow, everyone is just, you know, uh buying into this massive fraud and 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 it, you know, in some ways complicit in in hold in holding up this whole fraud. 
uh, keeping all the, the house of cards together, lah, right? Mm. Where one person, one institutional investor says, oh, this is this is safe. I've invested this much. And another one says, yeah, this is, I think it's safe. This, uh, since Tomasic invested that much. And then, you know, people on the ground saying, oh, of course, Tomasic invested, it must be safe. So it, it's it's something that everyone can can put their money in. It's just like, wow. I mean, this Ponzi scheme 101, and I'm just, maybe because we're just in the middle of it, I'm, I'm just like, my whole head is, I'm just trying to wrap my whole head around it. And it just strikes me as like, wow, like, at any point, like, um, is there is there some something that needs to be done? Like, like I mean, like MAS was suggesting that crypto retail investors or crypto would have to take some kind of test or something like that, mm, right? Yeah, correct. Before correct. they before they actually get to invest in crypto, like, do we really need to put in something to really protect the layperson from from going through this? Because, like you said, like, domestic losing two hundred million, that's chump change for them, like, But uh, you know, a retail investor losing two thousand dollars, that could be their their savings for the whole year or something you know mm, mm. It's, it's tough like yeah twenty thousand two thousand whatever it's a much bigger amount for a retail investor so it's just well i i feel like uh i mean it's tough for them but at the same time yeah like, they, they also just bought into the hype quite a, a bit more than than they probably should have but then huh? i mean ultimately the the hype train for stuff never really kind of like mm. it has always been there like. i guess crypto is a bit uh, is worse because it has no regulation. But if you look at our own liquidation story, yeah. right? Um, Correct. Did we buy too much into the hype train of that company? Uh, no, yeah. I would, but, but I always want to differentiate again, like, uh, you know, industries like uh, Facebook, I mean, companies like mm. Facebook or Twitter and all mm. that. Even what we did. Because, I mean, ultimately, we were still creating a product, mm. right? We created something that is exists. It's there. It's it's It's... It has a it has a value to to some people and and, and all that. It has a real product in place. But crypto at the end of the day, like when when you, when when a lot of retail investors tell me they did their due diligence, all that. I'm also trying to understand how much of the actual crypto product they actually understand as well. Mm. Like. That, that's the part. Then I realize. I mean, I asked more. Then I realized that actually, um, I mean, uh, I'm not trying to be some condescending or anything, but there isn't that much understanding of what that, what crypto actually mm. is like and what value actually is. But it's more of a, you know, like everyone, a lot of people seem to be doing it. A lot of smart, people smarter than me seem to be doing it. So there must be something about it that's right. Yeah. Uh, I, and I don't want to sound condescending because I don't understand it. I to- totally don't understand it. Also. Yeah. So that's why I haven't dared to step step foot in it. Like, and that may, make me, may, I may be a, a boomer in that sense, like, right? But it's just, I, I would just like to understand at least a little bit of the economics of the of the whole thing before before uh you know putting any money mm. in it. Uh, and I realized that a lot of people that I've spoken to about it, uh they don't they don't understand it. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean even for me when I said just now the due diligence of that one exchange, that was about that company itself. Uh if you ask me like yeah. the value of crypto and all, yeah, I can see the potential, but it is a bet. It's a bet uh on, mm. on its value. And I think what makes it tricky like what you said, right? If you invest in a startup like Theranos or something, you are investing yeah. in a product where the value, if fulfilled, you know what it is going to be. Like. The thing about crypto, first, mm. you need to believe in the power of crypto, which at this point in time, yeah. still not clear. And then you have to believe in the power yeah. of that exchange that is allowing you to trade the crypto. So it's like power yeah. times power. No? It's power squared. Yeah. The belief squared. Yeah. Belief squared is is fucking scary, lah. Yeah, yeah. Correct. So yeah, what you're saying, you, you kind of need to to believe in the whole yeah. direction that crypto, the whole entire cryptocurrency industry, 
exactly. You need to believe in the whole industry first. Then after that, you got to pick your players, like, right? Who's a scam and who's not a scam yeah. and all that. And so, and so, like, yeah, it seems like a lot of people, they skip that first part about believing whether cryptocurrency works. They just assume, okay, it has to work because so many yeah. people are in it. So it's I just make my, I just pick, yeah. yeah, I just look at my, the, the, which one's a likely scam and which one's not a scam, you know? Oh, this guy, this guy is backed by Tamasic, you know? So, yeah, probably legit. And, and, and yeah, that's where, that's where we are at today, lah. And that's why it's so like, wow. Yeah, man. It's, it's, it's tough, lah. Yeah. It is, it's tough, lah. And like, uh, I mean, you yeah. know, going back to what you said about how come like even Tamasic can miss it. I think it's ultimately branding, right? You bring it down to the human level. Mm. Everybody has met this yeah. person who is like, wow, smooth and suave and on the outside, damn charismatic, but you find out he's an absolute asshole. Uh, right? Mm. Um, mm. And that person might still be someone who's seen as popular, you know, has many friends. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, deep down, you just see like, and I think that's, that's, that's down to branding on an individual level, on a group level, on a company level. Mm. And right now, like crypto, there's a lot of hype. Uh. I mean, even people like Tom Brady yeah. and like, yeah. All these celebrities were backing FTX. So, yeah. Yeah, it's just, wow, the whole thing is shaken, shaken, man. Yeah. Does it, I mean, does this make you um, even question a little bit of your own, your own gut and judgment about, about these things as well? Because I tell you, because it does, it does for me. Mm. Like, I mean, there's no secret that you and I, we've, we've also uh, tried to, 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 you know, understand NFTs a mm. bit more. In fact, we did a, a short run of a podcast called NFT with Bubble Tea. Mm. With uh, Andy Chen, mm. right? Uh, which which we take we take a short, short hiatus from because of everything that's happening and you know even personal things that happen to us and all. So uh, even even with that kind of like approach to it, I I went in with a much more open mind about like okay, uh, I think there's a potential for for crypto to to you know do a lot of good things like the blockchain and Web three and, and it seems the story of it sounds great like right, but just watching this thing unfolding from me, I'm like. Wow, have I also you know been complicit in this mm. whole thing in, in just being kind of naive about talking about it and making it a thing when it really um is not yet it's not ready to be a thing yet like, you know mm. how I mean how do you feel about it personally like? um I actually wouldn't say that it has made me um really deep dive question my gut because right from the start uh even when mm. I was dabbling in like buying some crypto and all. I knew that this could go south. La. Or at least I told myself, mm, mm. you know, this could mm. go south. And if you look on a day-to-day -day basis, there are a lot of things that we ourselves are doing which uh, could go south. Um, so I think mm. basing it on whatever info I had available, I had a gut feel, blah, blah, blah. I knew there was some risk. So that was, that was my approach. La. Because there have been times, mm. that, okay, I wouldn't deny there have been times when, you know, the, it plunges and then there's the, the whole buy the dip, buy the dip. I did think, eh, hey, fuck. Yeah. It's now a good time to put in more. You know? Yeah. And that, yeah. that is where it gets fucking scary. That is yeah. where it gets damn yeah. scary because you... It's like a, yeah. a gambler's mentality coming yeah. in already. Like, yeah. Right? It's, it's challenge. And then you hear all these stories, you know, like overnight, yeah. wow, that's when it's very easy to go to the dark place. Um, I mm. think as mm. long as you, you put in... Or if you want to invest, you keep it diversified. You don't focus on any one thing. Even for us, right? Yeah. When we made that TV show, yeah. we really yeah. focus on that one Went thing for one yeah. year. We stop uploading on YouTube. Yeah, we, we paused. Yeah. Yeah, we paused our podcast. Yeah, yeah. We, we paused podcast. We stopped on YouTube and we're like, this is going to be our break. And holy shit, the mm. break came but it was a different kind of break. Like. 
<laughs> right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I mean, even now, the things you're doing in the podcast, the newsletter we want to start, folklore, to me, is like, yeah. everything we could look back and say that was fucking stupid, but at this point, mm. it's it's a risk. La. You need to diversify. Yeah, you need to diversify. Yeah, you have to, yeah, I think you just need to diversify to, to try and make sure that uh, you then, know, the collapse of one, then marriage one aspect of it doesn't kill everything. Then marriage how? I was just about, about to ask you, <laughs> la, that, how does that apply to your relationships? You're talking, you're waxing lyrical here about <laughs> diversification <laughs> and how you dabble, but you knew you'll go somewhere. But I'm telling you, marriage is the, there's a high chance, I don't know how many percent, 30%, 50%, 50%, 50%, 50%, 50%, 50%, 50%, 50%, 50%, 50%, 50%, 50%, 50%, 50%, 50%, 50%, 50%, 50%, 50%, 50%, 50%, 50%, 50%, 50%, 
there, there's certain there, there's there's like I said lah, this industry there's a real product there lah. There's a real product that you invest in it and it, and it, it that goes well. There's real potential that it will bring a lot of value to your life. Mm. So it cannot really be compared to something like crypto where it's just for financial financial gain. Then you really need to think about diversifying and and not being too attached to one particular platform. Mm-hmm. Right? So while that was that yeah. was like a, a great ad for marriage, maybe tonight I should just try <laughs> go tell my fiance. You know, we just did a podcast on FTX, and would you agree yeah. that it's not good to put all our eggs in one basket? If we need to diversify, yeah. yes, Harish, that's great. I'm like, yeah. okay. So on that note, uh, I'm gonna start dating again. Uh, you know, just mm. just in case this doesn't work out. <laughs> You're going to start downloading <laughs> all the Tinder and all the other dating apps. <laughs> Explore open relationships because of uh, FTX and oh, sending the free. And ne- next time the podcast, I'll be like, yeah, it's a minus 79 week. La. Minus 79 out of 10. <laughs> minus 79 yeah. out of 10. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah la, it's... But yeah. It, I mean, yeah, this whole thing does that does make you think about the broader things like on so many levels, man. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite tweets yeah. so far was, uh, along the lines of like, if Jonah Hill isn't uh, already talking to Aaron Sorkin about this biopic on SBF as a movie and writing uh-huh. his Oscar speech, uh, he should get on it. Like. Because you look at pictures, Jonah Hill would be the perfect person to play him. Mm, 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 mm. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. He, does, he does look a bit like him. Yeah. Oh, and then, uh, yeah. one other nice thing to enjoy is, have you heard of Rahul Ligma? No, I haven't. So Rahul Ligma is this meme, like it's a term, like it's a fictional name on the internet for a while and a month ago when Twitter had that mass layoff in the US there was this Indian dude in the mm. US who was was you know carrying his cardboard box outside the Twitter office as like a fired employee la. Okay. so there was a news okay. outlet that interviewed him and they said okay what's your name he said I'm Rahul uh, Rahul Ligma and immediately anyone on the internet they, they knew that he was just pulling the leg of the, the media outlet la. so he gave that sort of interview you know like I just found out today I had to leave my job and, and it was a it was uh, making fun of the whole thing. La. So yesterday, mm. there was a... How nut- did people know that it was, it, was, it was fake? I think for those who knew, when they heard the word Rahul Ligma, they're like, oh, they know this is fake. And then, then there was some clarifications. What, wait, what, why, why the word Rahul Ligma? I don't know. Uh, it's a meme. There's some there's something oh, about okay. it online. Uh, Rahul Ligma. Okay. Uh, yeah, it, it's just one of those things on the internet that, that exists, which I don't know why yet. But when it came out... The internet knew it was a joke and then I, like people clarify, yeah, he's not actually an employee. So the funny thing is, I think yesterday, he posted another video of him on a beach. Mm, mm. He was like, you know, I just I just got laid off by FTX. Um, it's a bit hard, la, you know, <laughs> it just comes a month after I got laid off. You know, I thought Web 2 spat me out. I thought Web 3 would be different, but it's not. <laughs> That's pretty funny. So it's fucking funny, man. It's fucking funny. So that was a silver lining. La. Okay. Ah, <sighs> cool. Well, we're going from talking about the world of uh, diversifying in relationships into uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we talk about going all in lah. If there's one place or one country that's really gone all in on something, right? Mm. Uh, you have to say it's Qatar in this World Cup, lah, right? Mm. They've really gone all in, lah. Why you say? And, Why you say uh, gone all in? Uh, okay, just the, the context, you know, typically the World Cup uh, is held in in the host countries in, in during the summer months, la, which is usually like uh, June, July, uh, June and July, la, right? Mm. Because of weather, because it's easier for everyone to travel and, and 
uh, it's just uh, and it's the off season for a lot of clubs as well, right? But because Qatar is hosting this year's World Cup and host, hosting it in June and July would be impossible uh, because people would probably just collapse on the field from heat exhaustion and everything. They're holding it uh, in December. That means all the big football clubs in the world have had to change their schedules to accommodate this this uh, this year's World Cup. Mm. And um, you know, this is the first time a Middle Eastern country is hosting the World Cup and, and you know, there was there's a lot. There's been a lot of hoo-ha about the the funding for the World Cup, and and in, and then the FIFA. There was a whole corruption scandal that broke out in FIFA in the last uh, decade or so. Uh, so there's just been so much negative news swirling swirling around this Qatar World Cup, right? Yeah. And um, but when I say going all in, is that Qatar hasn't has not backed down at all. You know, mm. they've thrown money at it. They've they've brought in foreign workers to build stadiums. In a place that that you know really is football really the 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 biggest sport in Qatar? I'm not I'm not hundred percent sure lah, right? Mm. But but definitely they're going all out to impress the world for this World Cup lah, and to get people to come to Qatar. Uh, but then once in a while they 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 do or say something that that really riles everyone up lah, and it makes people question like should we be supporting or legitimizing this World Cup by even playing in it or or going for it or watching it or what lah, right? Mm. And uh, this is actually the second topic we're talking about. Yeah. That's why we said going all <laughs> yeah. in. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's off the back of the news that the Qatar World Cup ambassador and former Qatari mm. footballer Khalid Salman said in an interview mm. for a German television show that homosexuality mm. is haram or forbidden mm. and described it as a damage to the mind. This is the Qatari World Cup ambassador. Yeah. And it comes two yeah. weeks before the World Cup begins, uh, on November twentieth. Uh, yeah. No, one week. Yeah. Now it's one week. One week. Yeah. One, one week. week. Yeah. One week. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, <laughs> it's I mean yeah la, There's a lot of you know there's been a lot of criticisms of human rights abusers and and to you know does is re- everyone really welcome to attend this World Cup since it's called a World Cup, uh and yeah this doesn't add to the image at all la. yeah and I mean literally yeah. what he said and I quote during the World Cup many things would come into the country for example let's talk about gays mm. the most important thing would be that everyone would accept that they come here but they would have to accept our mm. rules and then he went on mm. to describe mm. homosexuality as forbidden according, according to Islamic law uh, and that he's not yeah. a strict Muslim but it is haram because it is damage to the mind and the interview was stopped la, mm. by the World Cup committee press officer so yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So so it just feels like because there has been a lot of talk, like what you say, like, about the human human rights issues and all that. So it just feels right. This mm. World Cup because the players have reacted. Apparently, players are going to be wearing mm. like the rainbow colored uh captains armbands, which is banned by FIFA. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, what what made you want to talk about this? Uh. uh yeah, I think it's uh, because the World Cup is almost like like one of the big sporting events that the whole world watches, like, right? Mm. And I think you are very excited about it. I'm very excited about it. Uh, and everyone really focuses on the football side of things. Like, we don't really, we, we never really thought that much about who's the host country and all that is going on behind it. Uh, but I think in recent years, with the whole FIFA corruption scandal and 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 you know the fact that society in general we're, we're more if anything, uh, we understand what's going on much more, right? Mm. Um, now that we know that a lot of these things are happening behind the scenes, 
and and it's quite clear that uh, well, you know, Qatar, Qatar has certain certain practices that are quite uh, uh disturbing, lah, right? Yeah. Do you think it's still okay to support the World Cup and to watch the World Cup and you know for players to play in the World Cup, even if they they feel very conflicted with what's going on in the country? Wow, that is a that is a tricky question, man. Because yeah, yeah, I mean, wow. Apologies, uh, oh, that's my kid. Yeah. He also has his thoughts. Uh. Protesting, <laughs> protesting <laughs> human rights abusers at the World Cup. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, I will still watch it. I already subscribed. Um, mm. Mm. I. So you're complicit. You're complicit in supporting this the human rights abusers at the World Cup but, 2022. But uh. technically, I'm not supporting Qatar's uh, human rights abusers. Uh, indirectly, lah. You're paying uh, Starhub or Sintel, I don't know. Who is going to be paying FIFA. And then FIFA. they are paying, they'll be paying FIFA. Yeah. And, you know, obviously FIFA is legitimizing everything. Right? Mm, mm, mm. So, uh, so where, where, the, where, where, does, where does your responsibility, or where do our responsibility, where, where does our responsibility as, as uh, citizens of the world, you know, but, start? But funnily end? enough, have you seen any like massive boycott for World Cup, like trend or anything? Uh, not as much. I think everyone's just, just frantically like trying to arrange their schedules to be able to watch the World Cup. Like, yeah, right? I think I think Denmark is probably the most uh taking the biggest step is that they're gonna have a black team jersey as a sign of mourning for mm. those who died in Qatar. Mm. But then yeah. they are still taking part, right? <laughs> so mm, mm, then, mm, mm. correct, correct. Then then it's, it's tricky lah because these people are ultimately still earning their living. There are a lot of people who's jobs have been created or whose jobs are carrying on because of the World Cup. Uh, mm. So, I don't know, man. Maybe maybe there needs to be a benchmark. Like, how many degrees of separation between you and the abuse happens? Like, if you're buying a t-shirt mm. made by an abused child, confirm cannot. One degree of separation. Like, mm. directly from mm. the, 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 the child. But if it has to mm. go through this and this and this and this, Maybe five degrees of separation also cannot. But the World Cup mm. is like 12 degrees of separation. Correct, correct. But, but I mean, FIFA actually themselves have come out with a statement asking people to focus on football. Mm. Uh, they, they, they urge simply, I mean, to quote, they, uh, they're urging everyone to simply focus on the sport and to not drag it into every political and ideological battle that exists. Wow, mm. mm. oh, that one. So that's, FIFA urging World Cup teams to focus on football over politics. Uh. That sounds... Can we really, in this day and age, can we divorce, can we divorce uh, sports and politics? Uh, you know? oh, that, that's almost like a rallying cry to all those activists saying, come, mm. you mm. come. We're just going to focus on football. Yeah. And oh, like, yeah. I just hope there's no shit that goes down in, Qatari, uh, in Qatar. But like, I, I won't mm. be surprised if there's at least one streaker, you know, um, Ugh, at least yeah. some some of that going on because uh, the last time there was a World Cup was 2018 mm. the world generally a bit yes, more positive Russia. of a place la. Uh, Russia? no the world the, the world I the mean world back then generally a bit more positive I mean, like there was no ongoing war there was no pandemic that we just came out of oh, yeah, la. Um, yeah, la, yeah, there's la. no looming recession place. yeah yeah right so I don't know. This yeah. this one is gonna be it's gonna be tricky, man. It's gonna be tricky. I hope there's no shit that that goes on, but um, 
Yeah, have you subscribed? Have you subscribed? Uh, not yet, not yet, but but not for reasons of human rights abusers, lah. Uh, mine, mine just more logistical, but uh, yeah, like you complain about uh, missing the twenty dollar <laughs> extra, which you know, uh, <laughs> oh, you complain about twenty dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The early bird special. I missed the you early missed bird the round, early so bird. I'm gonna have to pay. I'm gonna have put twenty dollars more into FIFA's pocket. Yeah, la. FIFA loves oh, you, man. FIFA um, loves you. But yeah, I, I don't know, man. It, it's a it's a very hard one, like Cause there's uh, I I think that you know nowadays the. The sporting world, there are people like LeBron James, mm. right, who champion social causes and all. Uh, but at the same time, you know, a lot of people also call LeBron James out for AYC not speaking up about about uh things happening in China, right? You know, when the NBA because the NBA is very engaged with with China, right? Mm, it's a very mm. popular sport in China. So how come the NBA doesn't uh, and LeBron James uh don't make a sound about it, right? When 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 uh, the US the US government is literally calling out China on, on human rights abuses and things like that, mm. right? So can can you really, you know, be a sports person that encompasses all the political and ideological battles of the world? I think if you do so, you probably would you know, you you'd you'd not be able to play anywhere in the world at all, that, yeah. right? There's always some some issue somewhere that you need to deal with. So yeah, is it really um fair for us as spectators to to insist that our sports people also carry these ideological um, battles with them onto the onto the field, I think it, it's 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 asking a bit much, lah. You know, um, it for so so that's for the sports people, lah. Whereas, yeah, then when it comes to your national sporting team, all that, I, I guess there's a pros and cons for for every country as well. Whether they want to be involved in World Cup, right? Yeah. Like, uh, whether they would uh want to send the team, whether they would legitimize the event by sending a team and, and all that and versus the the importance and the and the national glory it brings when your team your country's team is performing well at the World Cup I think there's a lot of pros and cons to, to each of them right yeah yeah but that's why that's why maybe maybe it's definitely not uh black and white like, like what you're saying that, that yeah it's very grey right if you look at the net net mm. benefit because then it can go to very dark places no? saying that Okay, the net benefit mm. it brings the world at the expense of this small group yeah. of people, is it worth it? And yeah. well, then it becomes tricky because I can if you look at it just utility, right? There can be an argument why, mm. yes, it's fine. We all deserve it. There's nothing yeah. wrong, which is <laughs> which is uh tough, lah, tough. Because like what yeah. you said, if to clarify, we're not <laughs> trying to put a Go finish it, finish it. Yeah. Because like what you said, can we expect the players to go on and, and carry on the virtues of like, oh, society, you know. But let's say if you were in a country where they're still doing public beheadings or something, right? And the stadium was next mm, to a mm. public beheading square. It, then yeah. if the players still play, they can be like, yo, you, you sure? Guys, you sure? Yeah. Right. So even yeah. that is not completely black and white. Mm -hmm. That's right. But yeah, we, we're not trying to put a crimp in your day by saying that you shouldn't watch the World Cup, and and you just you just want to lay back with your, when you just want to lay back with your potato chips and your beer, and then just sit back and just watch, uh, you know, twenty two very athletic people running on the pitch and all. We're not just saying don't partake in that lah. Uh, maybe if anything is to be more informed, uh, right? Mm. To, to read up a little bit about why people are unha unhappy about it. Uh, I mean, I want to recommend the the new. Uh, Netflix documentary called FIFA Uncovered. Mm. It talks a lot about the corruption scandal within FIFA and why 
there's so much um there's a very big backlash about when Qatar was was announced as the World Cup host and all. I want to recommend everyone watches it, but um it's not very it's not very it's not very exciting to watch. Uh. Mm. <laughs> there's a set really, so, yeah. so I mean I tried I tried to sit through the first episode and halfway through I was like, Oh god, I can't do this anymore. Uh. You know? Um but maybe maybe it's worth just like understanding a little bit more about the context of what we're what you're seeing at the World Cup and, and what people around how people around the world are reacting to it reacting to it like i didn't know about all this about denmark and all that wearing a black uniform but uh and the rainbow armbands and things like that but you know it's it's i think it's good to understand that you know there are people who uh who disagree with what's going on in the host country and and they're also making a bit of noise about it like even if it's just a small amount of noise mm. they're at least making a little bit of noise about it that can give a little bit the cause of a little bit more uh, introspection and awareness in in other places. Uh. Mm, mm, mm. That's true. Yeah, That's yeah, true. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure that during the the World Cup, there will be some. There'll be more and more discussions of this because there will probably be some player mm. that acts out or some activist that comes and then things will shed yeah. light will be shone on these areas. Like, so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting for so many reasons. It is the first World Cup that is being done at the end of the year. I think, right? Yeah. yeah. Um. Right, there yeah. is the whole backdrop of Qatar and his human rights issues um, there. It's also probably the last World Cup for Ronaldo and Messi. Mm, right? Mm, it's almost yeah. like the changing of the guard. So, yeah. Um, just one thing in the middle that might be a bit difficult for me is my wedding. La. I think that might get in the way of the World <laughs> Cup. La. So Only the semifinals <laughs> and the final. La. No, the, not so important matches. La, right? yeah. <laughs> Everything else you can uh, still watch. If yeah. ever listens to this, uh, I love you. That was just a joke. Um and yeah, uh, I come. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, the 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 thing is, I I guess yeah, you you could essentially you could say that a lot of these things also wouldn't come to mainstream consciousness or come to light if there wasn't this spotlight shone on Qatar for because of this World Cup, right? Mm, mm, mm. Um, yeah. So so it's in some ways, uh more people understanding the issues is might be a better thing as well. Um and and rather than rather than you know and, and so countries like Denmark and, and the captains wearing the rainbow armbands, maybe that's that's a way to use, you know, to flip the problem on its head and use the platform as a way to spark uh discussion about about issues like mm, right? mm, mm. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe just the, the Qatari government will unveil during the opening ceremony. You know, we have now private mentions for every foreign worker that works in our country. Yeah. And and we are we are disrupting the 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 practice of human rights abusers and we're gonna lead the charge. Mm. I mean that's mm. the best best time to reveal it when the world is watching you. Correct. And then also that everything is being bankrolled by Sam yeah, Bankman Sam, <laughs> Sam Bankman from the Bahamas. Uh, he stepped in to to yeah help fund this entire uh, human welfare program that we're launching. Yeah, man. <laughs> Powered by FTX.com. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Cool, man. Crazy times. Cool. Yes. Okay. On to the one um, short comment of the past few yeah. days. What is your one short comment? Uh, one short comment was a question by on Reddit posted by Internet Lurker ninety mm. six uh, on the podcast mm. where we talked about a local podcast that was uh, seeming to justify cheating and how people were reacting to it. Um, mm. And it was more mm. the excerpt that people were reacting to. La, but Internet Lurker, 
asked, you know, like, while I acknowledge that podcasts should be allowed to discuss controversial topics freely, I wonder what our thoughts are on podcasts such as Fresh and Fit, as well as controversial figures like Andrew Tate and Sneeko, who have been heavily censored and have had their accounts suspended on social media for their extreme views on women and relationships. Uh, what's mm. your take on Terrence? Uh, I mean, we. I mean, that's what we. That's what uh we've been uh discussing a bit about mm. right whether uh people should censor podcasts entirely yeah because they don't agree with them or, or not yeah. right. I think that's what we talked about in that that podcast. Yeah. Like, uh, we're saying that actually, uh, it should be they, you know, they're out there, and and uh, should these people be shut down or or cancelled entirely? Uh, I mean, they're, they're, if they're not breaking any laws specifically, like, right? Then that's where I feel like mm, we need to be very careful about about uh, using censorship on them, like, cause cause that's um as a society, you don't want to be you, you don't want to be at a stage where everyone can start their own private witch hunt mm. because they don't agree with somebody on something, mm. like, right? Yeah, I think I think as opposed to yeah. going going through processes and yeah, like, process. I mean, everyone hates bureaucracy and bureaucracy takes time, but yeah, sometimes these processes have their place as well. I I think for me also, like, I mean, that's why there needs to be more conversations about, uh, you know, like, uh, protection against online harassment. I mean, Singapore, we have the, the Pohala, right? Uh, Which I think is Mm. still a step in the right direction. Like, the social media law last week, while controversial, it can't just be a free-for-all, I feel, but at the same Mm. time, if someone is not violating it on current rules, Maybe in future, when when the rules evolve, they violate. You can't just yeah clamp down on podcasts like that lah. So if Andrew Tate and all has genuinely said or spread hate speech, hate speech or discriminate discriminatory uh, language or bigoted views, that like like do go against whatever jurisdiction there is. Then I feel yeah they shouldn't exist. But if not mm. right, well I would I would say no lah. Like uh. Mm. they have the right to exist la. yeah yeah, yeah. And, and I think like now we're starting to see that, that the certain um, steps are being taken against uh, uh, you know people who spread for example spread misinformation mm. la, right whether it's via podcasts or their platforms so um, I think the US uh, Alex what was his name Alex uh, Alex Jones Alex Jones yeah he's been fined like almost a billion dollars because of oh, the, really? uh, the the yeah, because of the the things that he's been spreading, the lies that he's been spreading about the Sandy Hook, uh, the sen- the victims of the Sandy Hook massacre, uh, the school shooting. Oh shit! So uh, it's quite clear. I think that's a clear step where the, it's saying that institutions are not going to are going to actually um, you know clamp down harder on people who very deliberately stoke flames of uh, misinformation to to build an audience and then. It's very clear, clear that it's it's misinformation, like, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, so now there's a now that there's a very clear precedent for a financial penalty for all that. Hopefully, it makes people think twice about just stoking the flames of of controversy just to get the hits. Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. And what about you? What's your uh, yeah. What's your one short comment? On a much lighter note, mm. uh, someone posted a very. Uh, a very like hidden camera kind of style of video, uh, that he took from that from another subreddit lah, and the the headline of it was for low brow humor enthusiasts only, and it turns out it's a fart prank video, 
that was posted by somebody on TikTok. Uh, so basically, this dude just goes around farting and all these pretending to fart in front of people in public. La, and then they just capture the responses. Uh, I think Mama Jamba posted this saying, this reminds me of MOF's YouTube days. Mm, <laughs> nice. <laughs> and coupled with the fact that it's for lowbrow hu- humor enthusiasts only. It's a... Uh, <laughs> It's a quite backhanded compliment, but a compliment nonetheless. <laughs> the, yeah, la, we used to do a lot of those kind of on the street pranks uh, back on the days. So well, I would say a, pranks were a, a level there. beyond farts, la. Come on, la, dude, or do that. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it yeah. wasn't. Yeah, we oh, wasn't. We didn't yeah. go as we tried not to go as lowbrow as that. Where it's just about farts. I mean, there were instances where we did farts, but usually it was part of a a larger. A larger. Did kind we of, ever do farts? Uh, prank we were trying to pull. Did we ever do farts? We did. We did. Yeah, we did. We did, we did. We, see, see, your collective, your, your memory has erased dude, it. We did, You're so ashamed of it that you've erased it and censored farts. it. <laughs> we didn't do farts. We did, we did. Oh, we did. I'll, re- I'll just we remind did. you of a time that oh, we were in NUS. We d- was NTU. it NUS or NTU? NTU? I can't remember. NTU, yeah. Oh, we did. We did, we did. There were some wet farts that were, oh my God. That were pushed out there. <laughs> I went online to look at the handheld fart noise generator. It's yeah, you were a big thing. proponent of the handheld fart generator. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, we've had those right. days. We've had those days of, of slightly more lowbrow humor. But but uh, if any consolation is that we didn't do a full video yeah, about it. Yeah. Like, it wasn't just one full video. It was it was part of a, a larger uh, a larger series of videos. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. Oh my god! So yeah, my self censorship at work works. It's called. In psychology, they call this call this cognitive hey, dissonance. Up, okay, don't give me like, don't give me all this. Don't try get off your high horse, dude. Get off. When you're, get off your high when horse. When you try to you know live when there's a very uncomfortable truth that you have to live with <laughs> in your brain, your brain tends to just block it out entirely like that. Yeah. Mm, yeah. True. Cool. Okay. <laughs> On to the one shock thing. What What's yeah. your one shock oh, yeah. thing, man? Um. Actually, uh, my one shock thing is is just this uh, one of the 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 UFC fighters that that has become really popular lately, la. Um, I'm not sure you remember. At one point, I think one one of your one shock things was this fighter named uh, Israel Adesanya, mm. la, right? Yeah, and and he was a uh, he's been one of the best fighters in the sports in the last few years. Although yesterday he literally just lost his his, his fight yesterday, so he lost his title mm. yesterday. La. So um so Israel Adesanya, I think at that point when you brought up this one shock thing, he was about to fight this fighter named Paulo Costa. Mm. Uh who's like uh this uh he's got he's a Brazilian with a Greek god of physique. Almost looks like he comes out of a of a you know, some anime uh like like anime uh, story or something mm. like that from one piece of he's got six packs and bulging balloon muscles and everything. So he's always been seen as like, wow, a really um quite exciting fighter to watch. Mm. Like. And I think that specifically that fight with Israel Adesanya, he he was, basically it was a very one-sided fight that he lost. And everyone was like, oh, okay. Everyone got off his hype train and they just felt like, oh, this guy has just been exposed. He's, he's not he's not as dangerous as everyone thinks he was. And, and, and also, um, and then after the fight, he came out with a lot of excuses about why he lost. He said he, he couldn't sleep the night before and he drank a bottle of wine Everyone was like, "What the fuck is this guy saying? Like, who, which, who, that if you if you really did that, that's damn stupid, la. Like, why would any fighter drink a bottle of wine the night before a big fight, la? 
So he, I think at the point of time, he lost a lot of fans. A lot of people got off his hype train. A lot of people thought he was done and, and they're not going to follow him anymore. Um, but actually, in the last few months, he's he's actually become one of the most popular fighters on the UFC roster. And it's not because of stuff he does in, in the ring. It's the stuff he does outside the ring. Like he's on Twitter and, and he's, on, he's on social media and he's created this persona of himself as like a Brazilian fighter who's like, looks like a Greek god, but speaks really terrible English and <laughs> but just has a really good sense of humor. Just a very funny, earnest sense of humor and he loves posting memes and everything and he's just become like maybe one of the top one or two most popular fighters in the UFC just off the back of posting memes and just being funny and doing stupid things and, and doing <laughs> silly things during interviews. <laughs> uh. So his Twitter handle is like, uh, I think... Bor- the meme god. Uh, Bor- Boracina. Yeah, he's, Bor- he's... Boracina. Boracina, yeah. So actually, I you know, I just start following him, start watching his interviews. And I'm like, oh my God, this guy is like, he's hilarious. Like, he's so funny. And nobody knew that he was so funny before. I think because previously he was trying to sell the the persona of being like the the bad guy, super villain thing. So he was very serious and then, you know, like swaggering around like Conor McGregor. But now that he's just thrown that entirely out of the way, and I, I, I've heard this had something to do with a change of management. He's thrown that out the window. He's just like, just lets loose and be himself on social media, makes fun of himself, makes fun of people, trolls, like, you know, people who take themselves too seriously. He's just become so funny and everyone just loves following his, his <laughs> memes like, and watching his things. And uh, I only bring this up as one shook thing because he's actually on his last fight of his UFC contract. So he might he might be done with the UFC after this fight already. Uh, but, um, you know, it, it'd be very interesting to see what he does after that. Because like, now he's built up all this popularity and social media and he's one of the most funny, most uh, beloved fighters on the roster. Uh, but yeah, and, and, and it, it's just interesting to see how your fortunes can change just from being a goof on social media. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah, what are you laughing at? Some of his tweets. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hilarious. And it's just coupled with like the, the funny stuff he says like, I mean, you know, he's, he's very big and jacked and he just, but it, just the way he pronounces Pronounces like you know it's very important to be strong, strong and jacket, and things like that. These people just like found so funny, and, and they're just making memes about <laughs> it, it everywhere. Like two days ago, his first tweet: somebody told me we need to be nice with Indians. <laughs> a few hours later, where can I buy Indian mascot? Then a few hours later, please not consider the last post. I will do new one fixed. <laughs> what the yeah, fuck, so man? It's just. Yeah, it's just a wormhole that uh, you, you get into, then you, you start thinking, hey, this guy is like... I mean, granted, not every meme is created by him, but, yeah. but, but the fact that he's sharing them and, 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 you know, like, trying to add his own own uh his own his flavor into it as well, this one has made it really funny. Yeah. And, and it's provided a lot of laughs. Even for me, when, you know, the last couple of months, when at points I felt very down and all mm. that, I felt like, hey, this guy's thing was, was making me laugh at certain points as well. Costa. <laughs> yeah. Fuck man, who would have thought? Yeah, so so it's, it's quite a it's quite a, I mean, it, people who follow the the sport, I I think they are aware la, that there's this undercurrent of, of going on where suddenly for for no for just the strangest reasons he's one of the most popular fighters. Everyone wants to see him like fight big fights because of that la, because of his social media game. <laughs> yeah, wow, that's crazy. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah. Uh, my one shook thing is also Sorry, sports okay, related. It's also sports related. It's oh, a. Yeah. Yeah, kudos to Straits Times, no. Um, mm. They did a cool interactive website dedicated to Lokian Lo Yu's uh, Smash. Mm. You know, the badminton player? This mm. is 
off the yeah. back of him being uh, ranked number three in the world last week. Uh, he won the Sportsman mm-hmm. of the Year. And this website is one of those, you know, as you scroll, and it just details like um, the mechanics of his leap. La. It's like what we have sun- seen be done yep. for like Ronaldo and all. So they just go into like, yeah, his his vertical leap is like 50 to 60 cm. When he smashes, then they show in slow-mo, coupled with some animation. When he smashes, the tip of his racket mm. is at 3.3 meters. Yeah. The shuttlecock, he can smash a shuttlecock at more than 400 plus kilometers an hour, no? Mm. What the fuck? Wow. Like when it comes out right yeah. off the, the, the racket, it moves at 400 plus kilometers an hour, no? Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. the... But actually for context, what is the average person? How, how fast would average person be able to hit I mean, I did like oh. 380 last week. La. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what the average person uh, smacks, but I think that the highest recorded ever um, was 426. So, he's, 426. he's up there, la, you know? Mm. Like it is... And like, it's so cool to have someone like 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 a, like a truly world-class athlete. Um, the last time we saw was like Joseph Schooling, but Lo Kian Yu, mm. he's... He's tournament after tournament after tournament and it's it's just awesome to watch. La. Awesome to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Wow. It's cool. Yeah, I'm looking at the site, it's actually quite it looks quite impressive. Yeah, it's quite cool, man. So so straights times, yeah, I know yeah, we yeah. shit on you a lot, but this time, um, well done. Well done. Yeah, we've we've watched all these kind of videos for like Ronaldo or other NBA players and all that, but yeah, first time seeing it for yeah, it's so cool. a local athlete like that. And he really yeah. can jump fucking high. Yeah. Well, that is a smash awesome, in man. and of itself. Yeah. The smash. Cool. Cool, man. Ooh, that was a long one. All right. Nice. Yeah, it's a long one. Okay, then we'll but it's good. talk to you guys midweek. Have a great week. <laughs>